It's time for the Voice of Reason podcast. Here are your hosts, Sean Phillips, Andy Van Beber, and Travis Kirkendall. Hi. This is the Voice of Reason podcast. My name is Andy Van Beber, Travis Kirkendall. Take two. I hope we can get our, our audience back because I'm really bad when it comes to audio production after I've totally screwed things up, but that's okay. Today is September the 26th in the year 2023. And uh, our good buddy Sean is not with us this evening. He is uh, doing things, good things. He's making, uh, you know, with that new whole family thing and all of that good stuff going on. But uh, he will be with us uh, hopefully next week. We'll see. We'll see what uh, next week brings. So, but uh, Travis, good to see you again. <laughs> Like I just saw you like a couple minutes ago on here. I know, right? So here we are again. We're we're trying again, and I'll try not to mess things up too much this time. We had some audio See, issues. See, what we were doing was we were dress rehearsal. Yes, See if they actually pay attention to what we were saying, and we know you guys were paying attention because you called us out for the the mistake that was totally on purpose. Yes. So good on you guys. Wait, we had the best wait, listeners. Wait a minute, it deserves one of these. There you go. There there you go. go. Give him, give him some. Yeah, it, it deserves one of those. They need a round of applause. I, oh yeah, honestly, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, but uh, anyway, uh, so yeah. <laughs> what uh, you, you we were we were discussing earlier this week. You had this weekend. You got a lot done. You you said uh, tell us again. You were doing some remodeling. Got Thomas's room ready to rock, or getting it ready to rock. Pretty much good. I actually fixed one little spot in that closet in there. Uh, but our closet, I repainted it, took all the old 80 shelving off, and put a new storage kit in there. Um, repaint. Yeah, it looks way better, way better. I mean, it was it was getting kind. Of, it was kind of gross in there. Um, so we got that done. We're getting all of our stuff organized so that we are organized and ready for the baby to come. Um, so that was a good relief off both our, both of our shoulders. Yeah. Um, anyway, how was your weekend? My weekend was fantastic. We got the thumbs up from Jonathan Guthrie. So I know we're good now. Uh, my weekend was, uh, just, you know, it's, I'm in, I am in the heart of sports season right now. The being a, being soccer dad, being, uh, Cross country dad, um, being every, I mean, I, you're, you're going to get there. I'm, you know, you I'm going to tell you this much right now. Enjoy, enjoy the baby phase because the baby phase is, you, you think it's high maintenance, but it actually turns into higher maintenance. That's what I've heard. It's actually, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you definitely need to enjoy this this portion of child you know when thomas is born and i mean cherish the the snuggles the baby farts the 
Uh, we were at a cross country <laughs> meet last night, and one of our old coaches, Ed Lindsay, was there, and he was holding his granddaughter. And all of a sudden, he makes a beeline back for his car. His granddaughter just right all over the shoulder, Aww. you know. And that's that. You know, I, I at the same. I'm like, oh, I miss that. And I'm like, no, I don't. I don't miss that at all. I don't miss that at all. I did my time. I did my time, but uh, no, we uh, just wait. Your time as a grandparent's coming. No, 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 don't, no. So, but, yeah, no, we, but weekend was good. DJ to DJ to dance wedding reception on Saturday. Shout out to the Crystal and Joseph Gates. Congratulations. They are frequent listen, frequent listeners to the Voice of Reason. We thank you for selecting uh, one of our sponsors, Van Beber and Son DJ Service. Thank you for that sponsor. Shameless plug right there. But we did uh, do some DJing this weekend. Bryson and I had uh, Bryson did not attend, but uh, the next three weekends are just tied up with everything. I, if Jonathan still is on, he knows that we get to go. Hang out at the old uh, swimming pool. Our, our kids will be doing the old swim meet uh, this weekend and all this other fun stuff. But anyway, on to tonight's topic. You were, uh, we're talking about the, you were, we were speaking earlier when we had all of our audio mess ups. What is the, let's talk first of all, real quick, I want to get into what is the status? Where are we at right now with the government shutdown? What is our, What's things looking like on on that front right now? Yep. Uh, yeah, we wanted to do a quick update on this because it was something we touched on last week. So from my understanding, according to the interwebs, um, four bills were passed through the House. So this is a good thing because it shows that, hey, we have, we're finally coming to getting some common ground here and finally getting some stuff pushed up. The problem is the Senate... Obviously, it's still controlled by the Democrats, and they are not quite happy with the amount of spending cuts that were agreed upon in the House. Mm. And now these four bills related to Department of Defense, uh, Homeland Security, State, and Agriculture for the next year. Um, so it's still looking like this is going to be a shutdown. According to this article, Democrats in the Senate are working on their own solution to avoid a shutdown. They're working very hard, I'm sure. Uh, for all of us and um, yeah it's not looking great um, and I don't know if you noticed because uh, I, I checked the stocks the Dow dropped Jeez. like 300 points today so I, um, I kind do... of anticipate kind of anticipation with oh yeah shut down and yeah. then also the yeah. Fed and it's all the great stuff that goes with that I, I this whole thing this whole thing about um, I, I hate to think what infl I mean, What's this going to do in terms of inflation? What's this going to do in term? I mean, we've already we've already discussed that we think that the economy is going to be going to hell hell in a handbasket anyway, with all of this mess going on. And did you see? I don't know if we touched on this. Did you see Michael Burry's huge bet against the U.S. Yes, economy? Yes, I did. Billion. Was it Was it a billion? Was it a million? I want to say it was one point four billion. Yeah, yeah. He's. He's he was the one who bet on the 2008 uh, economic yeah, he, free he fall, and he, and he uh, he made out like a bandit in that one, and 
he'll make out it like he'll make out like great a great movie, huh? He'll, great movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Big Short. I yeah. love that movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, this isn't looking promising at all. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, I I saw videos today of like Matt. There was some headline when Matt gets you know leading the whole Matt, far right charge. Matt and, gets can take a. He can mark off an acre of my hindquarters and he can kiss it all because he is part he is not part of the solution. He is part of the problem. And I Well, have, we got it through the house, but again, it's I we'll see what happens in the Senate. <laughs> something we address it's I'm, not looking I want to address later on, but I mean just I don't know. Yep. Uh but uh UAW too, man. Our brothers over at the yeah. UAW, uh what kind of what kind of things are they looking for in this strike right now? What are what are what... Uh, so I figured out how this originated actually. Um, I don't know if I I don't think I shared this. Did I share this in the text with you guys? Um, so I don't know if I did or not. But I was talking my the foreman I'm working for right now. His friend is part works in a United Auto Works. He's part of this strike. Supposedly UAW found out, and I just looked it up, and it's true. The GM for uh, the CEO for GM, sorry, found out that she has a $30 million salary. Yes. Yes, she did share that. And sure so that. UAW, that was like the big ticket for this. So that's why they pulled all, that's why 13,000 workers went on strike. And they're demanding, I thought it was originally a 20% increase on pay for a four-day work week with increased benefits. But I'm reading here, they're demanding a forty percent increase in pay next, with and, improved benefits, and isn't that isn't, over the next what? Isn't that spread out over the next four years? I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be. Uh, usually, how union, at least our union contract is, I've noticed it's like it's kind of spread out for a few years, like from this date and twenty twenty to twenty twenty five. Your wage will increase by this amount yeah. every year. And I, I don't and think so forth and so I, on. I think I read somewhere that that's going to be over forty years, but. Or forty years, oh, for forty percent over four years, I believe is what I read on that, and and then something else too. They were wanting more stock options, stuff like that too, weren't they? Uh I didn't see anything about that, but again, they wanted more benefits, so I'm assuming that's part of that benefits package that they wanted. Um, but also too, I, I didn't see it in this article, but when this first came out, they were demanding a four day work week for the same for more pay. Um, yeah, I, I now from what I was told, the UAW was offered a 21% increase and they they denied that, said no, we want more, we want what we asked for. So, um, I don't know what's going to happen with that. Obviously, Biden went to the picket lines today and was telling them, you know, keep protesting, we're gonna basically tell them, you know, you're gonna take it to the man and you guys deserve <laughs> to make more money too. And you know, I, yeah. I'm a little conflicted here and. Of course, I, I believe in capitalism and that if you work hard, you know, you can, you know, you deserve to reap the benefits of the hard work you put in, right? Yeah. However, that being said, for a company like this, like, and this was kind of the consensus from the guys I worked with, um, who in their right, who de- deserves, who should be getting a $30 million salary? Like, is that, is that... Is that um, I, I, earned? I have, that I have, I have, so I have mixed views about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of conflicted I, on it. And I, go I, ahead. So there was a movie from the '80s 
called Wall Street, and then they had a Wall Street too. And it was Michael Douglas, uh, Charlie Sheen, and I, there I, was a mo- there was a line in this movie. where this guy was I think his name was Marvin Greco was his name, and he this line was he said greed is good, and this movie was this movie was made in the peak. Uh, I mean, this was the Wolf of Wall Street of the nineteen eighties. I mean, it was just that whole thing of, you know, taking it to the edge and how greed, you know, corporate and it is it really it really shined a light on corporate greed. And of course, we saw that with the Wolf of Wall Street as well, uh, with uh, Jordan uh, Belfort, and he, you know, I, if you are going to be the head of a company, okay, if you're the founder of a company, you're you're prime, you know, Sam Walton when he started his company back you know, 1950s, whenever he started Walmart. He wanted to make a, his dream was to make goods more available to the American customer at a inexpensive rate, you know, common everyday goods, go to Walmart, okay? His idea caught on. And I, you know, I still remember, for, I'm a child of the 80s, and I still remember when we had Walmart, Kmart, uh, Montgomery Ward, we actually had this other place that was called in Illinois. It was called Zares. Um, I'm trying to think, and then we had another one that was called Jacks. And all you, we had, there were so many people in. There were so many companies in the retail game, and and Sears, Sears was another one. And one by one, they could not keep up with Sam Walton because Sam Walton he mastered. The vertical integration game. When I say vertical integration, he he basically he bought out. When you think about it, he bought out every step of the process needed to make his product, to distribute his product, to to market his product. And so, in doing so, I mean, you know, Kmart. I mean, those guys they they couldn't keep up. And so, the, you know, they did. He he destroyed he destroyed his competition. And now. You move, he's, you know, I guess Sam, Sam Walton's been dead for 10 or 15 years now. But his his son and his family have taken it in a whole new direction. And they're making, you know, Walmart's practices towards their employees are not the best. You know, there's some of them they keep right at 38 hours a week because, so they don't, so their employees can't get insurance, you know, qualify for insurance and stuff like that. It, you know... But at the same time, you know, Sam Walton built up his company from his own hard work, and now his kids are benefiting from it. I mean, and and I think, and this is and this is actually the argument of the left too. Okay, so if we're going to raise minimum wage, should the should the or or raise wages? Period. You know, UAW says, okay, we're going to raise wages. Period. Well. The the owners of the owners of that corporation still want to they still want to maintain their bottom line and they still want their profit margins to stay the same. So what are they going to do? They're going to raise prices. But what the left wants to say is, okay, you guys need to you guys need to just take it you know take it in the hindquarters and take one for the team and just take a cut and some and share the wealth, which is very socialistic. It's very it's socialistic slash communistic. But I mean. At, I mean, I think the solution is somewhere in the middle of that. What's that? 
Can you hear me okay? Yeah. I was kind of playing with my headphones. Yeah. My dog jumped yeah. on me. Okay. Yeah. My, I think the solution is kind of in the middle of all that. And what I mean by that is, number one, some of these like these big automakers have stated, and this when I was first reading this strike, they were trying to save money for the new production of EVs. It seems very hypocritical to say that we as a company are trying to save money to invest in the next generation of vehicles while also I'm paying myself $30 million right. from the company. Right. So right there, I have, I have a kind of a conflict there. Um, and even then too, like, you know, it's just, I think it sets a bad example. Like people already have like a pretty shaded view of what leadership is. Like when it comes to pay, especially like, Oh, the boss man making the big money. Right. But then they actually see, like, you know, these are hardworking Americans, some of them living paycheck to paycheck, whether that's by personal decisions or that's just the state of the economy. Could be a mix of both. But then you see that your your boss, you know, the high up, the CEO is making $30 million and you're like, you don't, you can't, re- they can't relate to you. Right. So there's that, there's a big disconnect. And I think, I, I don't know. Like, do you really need a $30 million salary to like, and one of our listeners just said corporate bloat. And I agree. I mean, at what, I, yeah, you know, I, I mean, I'm kind of conflicted on that. I, uh, I don't, to me, well, the idea of wealth is of course, none of us, our audience are you, me, none of us, none of us suffer. I should say suffer from the worries of over, over uh, exorbitant lifestyle. But I was watching, so I was watching, um, I was talking to my brother about this this weekend, and, you know, I watched the Netflix series uh, Quarterback, produced by uh, Peyton Manning. And it, it, it focused on Patrick Mahomes, um, Kirk Cousins, Mark, and Marcus Mariota. So Patrick Mahomes, for those of you who don't know, makes, has just restructured his contract so he's going to be oh, he makes bank. Yeah, so he's after this new restructuring of his contract, he's going to make somewhere in the neighborhood he's he's going to get about a 750 million dollar paycheck. And when you look at so they showed his home. You know, he's got he's got a, a you know, 10,000 square foot home. He's got, you know, basketball court. He's got a lake. He's got, you know, and at what point do you say, you know, what's is there much of a difference between a how much of a difference is there between a 100 million lifestyle and a 500 million lifestyle heck what's the difference between i mean i guess it's harder for us to understand if i was to say what's the difference between a 10 million dollar lifestyle and a 15 million dollar i you know and i i yeah, always, I, I couldn't yeah. So, so, so if I, I make, I why, do, why do I need to make, and I'm with you, why do we need to make $30 million? You know, we have, but here we are, you know, you're blue collar, I'm white collar worker. And, and, and we, we, you know, we're both making, you know, modest living and we're both, you know, you're young family starting out. I'm in the middle part of it. And, you know, you know, we're, my my wife, you know, she does she does well, but we, I mean, we're paycheck to paycheck, you know, because we are still paying we're still paying off debt that we had from the early part of our marriage. That's how. Let me ask you this. Yeah. How would you feel given your turn your current pay scale and 
for example, I don't know if, if you don't want to answer it, don't, but no. how would you feel if the principal of Klopp made a $5 million salary and you got paid what you paid? There would be, would that would be an that? issue. That To me, that would be an issue. I believe, but here's the other thing, and, I, and this is kind of where I was going with this anyway. Those, right, those people have a lot more responsibility than I do. They, I don't think it's a five, I, you know, if I looked at the guy at GM, it's not a $30 million. I'm, no, I, I, I think it's, I think, I think a couple million, like 5 million. Okay. I could go with, but I mean, they're the one because, and here, and so here's the other side of me saying this, this is, this is me on the other side saying part of their greed is what's leading to inflation. When you when you really look at the bottom line, part of their greed is what's leading to inflation. Because when we have you know, this here's my socialist side, I guess. I'm not a socialist, but if they said, "Okay, well I I want I mean, everybody's in it for profit motive. That's the bottom line on any business. Is every profit motive to drive to to make money. To make money. But Whenever it was, uh, who was it? It was, um, oh God, the. It was John D. Rockefeller. Uh, inner, you know, John D. Rockefeller, Andrew Carnegie were, were the richest men. Andrew Carnegie's great, great, great grandchildren still cannot. Spend, if they, I think I heard one day, if they spent ten million dollars a day, they couldn't spend the rest of his money. That's how much money yeah, Rockefeller's the same way. Okay. But Rock, a reporter asked Rockefeller toward the end of his life, he's like, "Okay, you're a, you're a billionaire, you know, he, you're a multimillionaire," is what they said. But I mean, he would be a multi. He would be like a Bezos. Yes. The, yeah. yeah. And he, they asked him, "How much more money do you need to make?" And Rockefeller's response was, "One dollar more." One dollar more. It's a mindset, though. That's the mindset. It's a mindset. And so. I think greed drives people to that point, and and we're all guilty. We're all guilty of that. We're all guilty. We, I mean, it's not just the upper class that's guilty of that. We're all guilty of that. I mean, I could say, man, if I had this amount of money, I could do this, this, and this. Okay, 1999, I had a car accident. I I broke every bone in my face. Okay, it was totally. The lady pulled out in front of me. I t-boned her. She didn't yield to me. And she, you know, she is. She was a recently widowed farm farm wife. You know, she's in, and, and uh, you know, there were people who were like, "Oh, just sue her for the farm and blah 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 blah." I was like, you know what? No. If she pays for my hospital bills, and and my lawyer said you could take her to the cleaners, I said I don't want to. But then I had my mindset, yeah, okay, yeah. fifty thousand dollars settlement. Okay, so to me, a twenty three year old, you know. Fresh out of college, teacher, freshly married, man, fifty grand. I could do so much with that. And at, at the time, I had paid off. And this was with my first marriage. I, I had, I had paid off uh, for that brief moment in my life. I was totally debt free, except with the exception of my house. I was totally debt free. Paid off my college loans. Paid off all my vehicles. And then it was. So then I, I, even after, so I did all that and I still had about, I had about 20 grand still left to play with. 
And I just started do to do to do to do in this oh I could use I get this and I could get this and I could oh what's a what's what's a thousand dollars for this because I went I went through this huge computer phase where I had a guy who was building me these monster machines back when I was still a PC guy and he was building me these monster machines and they could do just all this stuff and gaming and and lo and behold within so and then I so I went ahead and I got my master's degree. I paid five grand for my master's degree to got to go through college for my master's degree. Again, this was in the, that's it. it. This was early two thousand, so you got to understand that too. Okay, <laughs> and so I got my master's degree. So the accident was in nineteen ninety nine. By two thousand and six, I had burned through that entire fifty thousand dollars. And I had acquired new debt. So now, my wife and I, the way things look right now, if I stay on the plan that I'm on right now, I will have my debt paid off in five to six years, possibly. Okay. Nice. And that's, and I could, I, could, I could even shore that up some more if I, doubled down on some payments, which is hard for me to do right now with two children and, you know, but when you look at some of these people, you know, it's like John Rockefeller said, $1, if I just had a little bit more, and then as you get that much more, your, 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 your greed increases with it. I just, I mean, I've, you know, again, it was just 50 grand, but I, I mean, just that little bit, I think God used that as a window to show me Okay, you want money? Here's money. Take this and run with it. You know, but I digress. I I think that it's. I got some math here to put things into perspective. Go ahead. So if if she was to make five million dollars a year, that is over ninety six thousand dollars a week. God. That mo and a, a UAW worker, I guarantee. I don't know what the wage scale is. But I don't think many UAW workers make ninety something k a year. Uh, that's I, but I haven't seen the pay scale. I was trying to look it up earlier. I couldn't find it. Now let's do what she's actually. We'll do thirty million divided by fifty two. Oh, too many zeros. <laughs> uh, divided. Yeah, so thirty million divided by twelve months. Or no, fifty two. God, 52 it's been weeks. a long day. Forgive yeah. me. So fifty-two. So thirty million dollars. She is making currently five hundred and seventy-six thousand nine hundred and twenty-three dollars a week. A week. Yeah. So the. I'm, I'm, I I have to side with the workers on that. Yeah. One. That's. Yeah. That yeah it, yeah, but that being. Yeah, I, I'd have to side with them. Now, 40% increase, again, I haven't seen the wage scale. Um, personally, so they, they, I think they, they should have taken the 20%, um, and I'm sure yeah. it's still on the table. I'm sure at this point they're trying to do whatever they can to get people back in the shops and working. Um, but it doesn't sound like they're going to budge on 40, so no. this could be a long no, strike. going to be, yeah. So... <sighs> Let's get into this one. You were wanting to talk about Well, this. and this kind of blends in with it. How, so how we view other people. 
So we look at this, and we look at what is, and I'm going to use this word up front, integrity. Okay, so somebody who's trying to, who's trying to make ends meet and, and trying to figure to see things from the other perspective. You know, when we look at integrity, when we look at people's character, when you look at somebody who's making 30, you know, $30 million or whatever, character to me is more important than any amount of wealth. Let me say that again. Okay. Character is more important than any amount of wealth that you could, that you can put out there. Okay. I, I, I want to share a story about something that happened to me last week. And this is not to make me look better or, or anything like that, but I want, I want to share this story of something that happened. So I've, I have been, I've been coaching, I've been coaching my kids in soccer. I could probably played for two years. Bryson has played, Bryson has played soccer when, since he was three over when we, when we were still living over in Pittsfield. And so when we moved to Louisiana, uh, we started playing over here in the YMCA League. Great league, great people over there. Um, our friends over there, James Davis, um, and uh, and uh, and he does a great job managing the the soccer program, all the recreation programs. Um, I've coached. This is my this is my third year coaching in in the Y League, and I've you know I've had great families, great parents, and everything else like that. So. Fast forward to the beginning of the season. I have this one. I have this one family. I'm not going to mention their name on the air, but I have this one family. I have there uh, of my of my eight players on my team. Five of them are all in the same family. There, I have two. I have a brother, a sister, and and then two other sisters, and then a cousin. So there's five of them of the same family. But whenever they, you know, whenever they divvy them up, I'm like, I'll take that. I want that family. I want that family, okay? And then we have my son, and we have uh, a, a young lady from Bowling Green, and then one of my former players from Pittsfield, who I absolutely loved, and this would have been her last, you know, I, her, 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 uh, me and her, her family, um, her mother, her mother used to take Bryson to daycare way back in the day and everything. We go way back, and I was, I've always, I always kind of hinted at him during swimsuit, hey, have your daughter come over and play soccer with me one more time because I used to coach her back in the day. So we have a great team and we're and we're winning a lot of games and we're doing good. So the first week of season we're playing, and not to get into too much of the logistics of soccer, but there's this one there's this one point where we commit a foul. We com we handball ball hits our hand, and depending on where you do the the the, the foul at. The, the the if it's inside if it's inside the goalie box it's what's called a freak uh, it's a penalty kick it's a penalty kick where it's just the goalie and the kicker and it's one on one if it's outside the box then it's just a it's a free kick you just you kick it and try to get into play so the penalty is committed and the referee says Hey, it's you know they were outside the box and it, it was it was it's outside the box and it's it, it this is what it is. So it was just going to be it was just going to be a free kick. 
He's like, no, 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 they were in the penalty box. They were, or they were in the box. It's a penalty kick. It's a penalty kick. It's a penalty kick. And I just looked over at the referee and I said, were they in the box? And and he said, no, they were, it was outside the box. He said, and so the other coach was like, stop trying to manipulate the referees and blah, 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 and all this other stuff. And I looked back at the referee and I said, am I manipulating this? I, I don't want to manipulate this. And then... So after the game, so we end up we end up winning the game. We were winning the game, by the way, and, and again, not to brag, but we were winning the game fifteen to five. I could care less if it was a free <laughs> kick or a penalty. I, I I could care less. Okay, we're not going to lose this game. So after the game, the guy's like, "Well, I love you, but but uh, you, I know what you're trying to do. I know what you're trying to do." And I was like, "Oh, okay, sorry, sorry." So we go by two weeks. We didn't play him. Played him last week. Played him last Thursday. And I go up before the game, try to shake his hand. He just kind of gives me the wet fish handshake, you know. Bleh. Okay. Because we usually talk before games. And I talk with the other coach, you know. And and uh, I'm like, oh, okay. And so we go and, we, and we, we, we win the game. We win the game nine to four. And I actually, for like the last two minutes, I just had my guys pass. I said, we don't need to score. Just pass the ball around. So after the game, he gives me the wet fish handshake again. And he says to me, I, I'm like, hey, coach. I won't say his name. I said, coach, come here. Let's, you know, and after I gave my speech to my players, sent them home, it's just me. And actually, my wife was there, and the, and the, and the YMCA guys are putting stuff away. And he says to me, I said, are we okay? He said, no, we're not okay. All right. What's, what's going on? He said, you revealed your character to me two weeks ago. I saw who you really were. And there's one thing you do not do to me. Actually, there's two things. You don't talk <laughs> bad. If I'm on it, you've, you've known me for a good part of your life. I'm, and a lot of people who know me, and again, not to brag on me, but I'm very transparent. What you see is what you get. And I'm like, excuse me? He said, I, I looked up to you and I respected you and what you did and trying to do all that stuff and you talked behind my back. I was like, what do you mean? When you asked the ref if you were manipulating the game, I know what you were doing. You were trying to get him on your side and, and you're just a bad character. And, and so, pardon my French, but I lost my shit. Lost <laughs> my shit. I go off on this guy and I said, you don't know me. Oh, I've been working with you in the, and I, I mean, I've been working with him through the Y for about three or four years, but we've never, you know, went up out to dinner, Dos Primos or anything like that. And so what really angered me is, is that, and it, it was a bigger reflection to me. And by the way, my wife, thank God for Janine, Janine Van Beber being there because she said, go home. She's looking at me and she's like, and she, my wife very seldomly gives me the look, but she gave me the look, go home, <laughs> go home. <laughs> and she was there and I went home that night and I was, it was a two sleeping pill night. I wanted just to forget. And so... The next morning, I wake up and I'm just, I'm, I'm distraught over this guy that I barely knew, that I barely know, 
He's an acquaintance. He's not a friend. He's an acquaintance. But it bothers me that this is what our society has come to. Okay? I want to play this video. This is something, and this is actually something that came up. We do this. We actually do what's called character education in our school. And this is, well, this was a, so this was a video that came up for, we do a lesson twice a week. And this is just a short video. And I want, I want to play this. And I want to get your guys' feedback. Those of you on the chat page, I really want to hear from you guys on this as well. Um, so let's just listen to this video just for a second. A.D. Williams once said, Imagine what seven billion humans could accomplish if we loved and respected one another. Just imagine. Imagine if there was no greed. Imagine if there was no comparison. If everyone was running their own race, but cheering for all others at the same time. Maybe we'll never see that in our lifetime. But what we all can do is start with ourselves. Start with yourself. Choose to lift others up. Choose to set the example. The example of kindness and integrity. The example of compassion and understanding. There's a quote that says, no matter how educated, talented, rich, or cool you believe you are, how you treat people ultimately tells all. Integrity is everything. It really is. Who you are is far more important than what you have. And it will always be. Who you are is measured by how you make others feel. Be kind to each other. In a world where you can be anything, be kind. Choose to be the change you wish to see in the world. Decide you will not wait for someone else. You will set the example. Be kind. Because you never know how much that person is suffering inside. You never know the difference your words can make. The difference your presence can make. The difference you can make to one human life. Be the reason someone believes in the goodness of humanity. Be the reason someone else decides to make a difference in others. Be the influence you want to see more of. Always do what is right. Not what is easy in the moment. Kindness spreads like a virus. When you do good to another, that person does better to those they come in contact with. You really can make a big difference in the world today and every other day. And Frank said, in the long run, the sharpest weapon of all is a kind and gentle spirit. No one has ever made themselves great by showing how small another is. Be kind and always build others up to the best of your ability. Treat everyone with the same level of kindness that you would like for yourself. Not because everyone is nice, but because you are. Because karma makes no mistakes. Because it is right. Because you have integrity. Because you want this world to be better when you leave than when you arrive. So, you know, I, 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 I see that and it's, you know, some people are like, oh, you know, groany, groan, groan, groan. You know, and it, that to me spoke volumes to me today. And a lot of what came in from that video, but I, when I watched it today, I was like, this explains, and this goes 
perfectly with what you talked about earlier, with what we, because we are not interested, I think as, as human beings anymore, we are not interested in the well-being of others as a whole, as a whole. There was a, there was a time, I think, when you could say we had a consensus of, you, you could take it, you could get a consensus of people, you could get a consensus of Americans in a room, and you could say, okay, what do you believe is, are the, is the right things that we should be doing in society? And you could say, okay, well, we need to be taking care of the elderly. We need to be taking care of the homeless. We need to be taking care of this and this and this and this and this. Well, now we've allowed a lot of things to muddy up the picture. Our society has advanced more in the last 20 years, I think, than in the last hundred combined and follow me with what I say here our society is developed because well first of all because of this little thing right here okay because technology, of 100%. Te- because of technology everybody and their dog has a podcast we're we're one we are one of millions we are one of millions worldwide um we get our news from where we want to hear it from. And we, we fill ourselves with the stuff that we want to hear to make us believe that what we're doing is right. There was a thing, there was a a statement that that guy said in that, in that video, he said, kindness spread can spread like a virus, you know? And one of the things that he said was, you know, and I've heard this phrase said so many times and I'm just like, it's so cliche, but it's true. If we want to see change happen in our world, if we want to see change, it, it has to start somewhere. It, it, it just, it just can't manifest itself just poof out of thin air. And I tie this back to my story of what happened to me. So this is a to be continued. Okay. I have to face this guy two more times this year. My team has to face his time. And so I was faced with, I was faced with the, okay, what am I going to do now? How am I going to approach the situation? Because when we last met, I was storming off the field. I was mad as I could be. I was pissed off and I was angry at this guy because he made a snap. He made a snap judgment about me and maybe it was something that I triggered in him. I, and you know, you, and I think that's another part of it is that you have to see, I have to see things from issue. Maybe there was something that happened to him earlier on in his life. And he saw something in that brief moment of me that triggered some PTSD or something from way back when. Okay. So now how do I, when I move forward, as I, as I move forward, what am I, so what am I going to do with this? Okay. How do I, so I can be, I, and I look at this, I look at this as one of, one of three ways. Number one, I can be a vindictive son of a bitch and I can go after this guy. I could, we could run the, we could run the score up on them. I could make him feel like a piece of crap. I could just shoot every, you know, I could do that. Number two, I could, I could forgive him. Even if he doesn't want to listen to me, I can still forgive him within my own heart and I move forward. I don't let something like this set me back and make me a bitter person. 
okay? Because I think a lot of people and a lot of things that we see are, that are happening in our world today, especially politically, is based upon past defeats. And we let past defeats create a bitterness within our hearts that can go into everything else. You know, and thirdly, you know, so I could be bitter, I could forgive him, or I can, or I could just, you know, still forgive him, be kind to him, exchange, exchange kind words, and move on with my life. Because if I let one moment in time by one person who I barely know define who I am moving forward, that can, that can create, I mean, that could just cause, I mean, this is what you call, a, you know, you have these watershed moments in your life when something happens to you. And if you let it define you and you let it send you down a path that you don't want to go, you know, I mean, it, it can, it can have, it can, it, you know, later on down the road, who knows what kind of catastrophic or even just disaster effects in your own life. If you allow that to define you, am I, does that, I mean, does that kind of make sense to you? I mean, when people look, I mean, how, let me ask you this, Travis, how much do you, when people, when you hear people say stuff, are they people refer to a group or they refer to a group in which you belong to or whatever? How do how much do you let that affect you? I try not to anymore. It's something I'm trying not to uh, dwell on when it comes to stuff like that. Um specifically in this instance if it's like directly involving me and someone else i've realized that um you're not going to make any everybody happy mm -hmm. some people are just not going to like you and you don't have an obligation to make them like you and you can like you said you can forgive them um but that person doesn't really need to be you don't really need to associate with them either so you, you know um, in this instance, granted, I don't know this individual you're talking about, so I wasn't there. I didn't see what happened, but I just would not necessarily avoid the situation. Um, but I wouldn't try to make, I wouldn't even try to make amends really. Um, because yeah. again, you're just, some people you're just not going to make right. happy. It is what it is. Not, not everyone's going to like you No, and trying to be a people pleaser all the time has, can be, Oh, be very detrimental to your yourself, right. you know? Okay. Now here's the other point that I want to tie this in with what we talked about earlier with UAW and with everything else and with our own country, with the government shutdown. Mm -hmm. At what point did we get to the point where we did not want to work f with each other for a common goal? I mean, do you, do you, if you look at, if you look at UAW, the situation with the strike, if you look at our country, are we, are we truly working for, is it, is it, can we, can we honestly say that we are working for a common goal in our country anymore? No, no, absolutely not. Why, why Nothing. do you, why do you think that? I want to hear what, why you, why you think that? And then I'll say what I, I I'm with you, but go ahead. I think this is just – it's a large example of it, but people are guilty of putting themselves first now. It's what can I get from me? Like what is um, – and even with that, I mean there's a lot of what can I get for less? You know, how much can I – how much can I get for the minimum amount of effort? 
Um, I see it at work all the time. I see it with um, the immigration stuff that's going on right now. People are re- coming here getting $2,000 a month, paid housing, paid food, all these other amenities. and Not doing anything. They're choosing not to work. Right. Like They are choosing not to work because the government's giving them these things. Um, again, it's that mindset of what can I get? How, what can I get for me? You know, what are you going to do for me is the, a, a mindset I see a lot of now. Um, especially with, I mean, we look back at the, uh, the great, um, resignation, that yeah. whole phase. Oh man. It was a lot of that. It was a lot of unhappy employees leaving. So it's, it, and it became the mindset of what is this company going to do for me? What incentives are you going to give me to work for you? And I think there's. There, there, I believe in that to an extent. Yes, yes, I was going to say that. Um, and at the end of the day, your company has to make money because the company doesn't make money. No one makes money. Uh, or you find out you work thirty years and you no longer have a pension, right? Right. So it, um, I, I really think it's the society as a whole is very single-minded greed, um, and from all. Oh, I mean, I'm I'm even guilty of it on some things. You know, we were talking about um, when the Rockefeller mindset of like chasing the dollar. You know, one more dollar. I mean, that's that's a very American mindset. You know, getting that in overtime, getting that extra check, trying to get that extra, you know, whatever. More, more, more. It's a it's a capitalist mindset. Well, well, I, I think that with all this. Yeah, I, I think that's a big part of it. When I when I look at when I go back and I look at where what the um, what drew us together, you know, I look at I look at three main events in this country that 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 brought us together in the common mindset. First thing was the Great Depression, you know, and there's oh, there's still. And I, I encourage people, if you know somebody who is in their late 80s, early 90s, if you, man, talk to those people. I encourage my kids all the time, talk to those people and listen to the stories. My mom would tell me stories on how my grandmother and the lady down the street would put together, they would save up, you know, just change from here and there, and they'd put a little bit... And at the end of the month, they would put together 50 cents, they would put 50 cents together and they would go down and they would buy a big, like a five pound loaf of meat hamburger from, from the butcher, 50 cents, imagine that. But they would, and they would split that and they would work together. Why? Because they had a common problem. <laughs> we don't want to go hungry, you know, and people were, how, you know. My my I, my mom told me stories of how my grandmother we my grandmother their old the old home place was right I mean a hundred yards from a railroad track, and my grandmother would have we there would be hobos who would be who would ride the rails, who would come by and my grandmother you know they they would offer they hey can we can we sharpen your knives can we pick up the sticks out of your yard can we. And my, my grandma's like, you don't hear, let me, you know, my grandma always made stuff from scratch. And they're like, no, ma'am, we're going to, you know, we're going to do something for you just so we can earn. And it brought people together. The second thing I would say is bombing Pearl, when the bombing of Pearl Harbor, Americans were, were mad as they could be. How dare this attack come on us? And it, and, and it drove us through, and it drove us through 
you know, World War II, it brought our country together, and we worked for a common goal. We're going to defeat the Nazis. We're going to defeat the Japanese. And then, you know, after World War II, you know, the picture started getting cloudy a little bit. You know, we were kind of confused on who's communist and all this other stuff. Fast forward then to 2001. You know, we just celebrated what is the 22nd anniversary of 9-11. And I'm old enough that I can, you know, I remember where I was at, what happened, what, you know, and at that time, we were coming fresh off of a, of a country being split by a, a polarizing guy by the name of Bill Clinton, who had just spent the time, you know, you know, making Republicans hate the Democrats and Democrats hating the Republicans. It was kind of the beginning of that. And just for that one brief moment, and I say brief moment, I, in my mind, five, six months, we had a common purpose once together. Once again, we came together and we had that common purpose, but it's exactly what you said now. So now it is, I'm going to, you know, what's our mindset? I'm going to look out for number one. Who's number one? I'm number one. And if if you can say, and one of the thing, and I, we can, we can end up with this one. It was, you know, I want to be the one that makes someone still believe in, in the good of humanity. You know, that if I want to strive for something, I want to do that. I want to be able to say, here's something I can do for my neighbor. You know, our community has had, and our community has been great. We, you know, we, we've had two losses within our community in the last six months. And it, 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 it does good for my soul to see the community coming together and helping out this family and providing a scholarship fund in the, in the name of this, uh, of this young man and, and, and just really coming together, you know, and you see that more on the small scale, but, uh, you know, on the large scale, we're just, like you said, we are becoming a very, we're not, we're not a, we're not really a United country anymore. And there, and there are these issues and, I don't want to wax philosophic for too long, but I just, at the same time, this was just something that it really ate at me this week. And it's been something that I have been dealing with within my, you know, I don't really bear my soul a lot on here, but at the same time, it's something that I've really had to think a lot about. And, you know, as, as a, as, you know, as a member of the human race, you know, we can start making changes. We can start making changes within ourselves, within our family, within our community, you know, as far as, you know, are we ever going to see an end of corporate greed? No, because there's always going to be that person. There's always going to be, like you said, that John Rockefeller. There's always going to be that guy who wants $1 more. I don't care about my, my fellow man. No I don't, what, what government, what business structure, what, whatever it is, someone will always profit. Yeah. There's always going to be someone at the top. It's just the way it, the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah. And I do want to mention this before we uh, sign off for tonight. Uh, so, uh, Sean and Travis don't know this yet, but I went ahead and put our hat in the ring. Uh, along, we, uh, we, uh, the Voice of Reason is one of the sponsors of, and I'll go ahead and mention this, uh, on October 21st at the uh, Louisiana YMCA, the Twin Pikes Family YMCA, uh, they will be having, we'll be having the Hunter Stribling Memorial Disc Golf Tournament. Um, and all proceeds will benefit the uh, Hunter Stribling Memorial Scholarship. Uh, and uh, if you say, well, I don't like disc golf, you don't have to like disc golfing. 
if you're interested in purchasing a, a shirt or want to buy, we're selling t-shirts for 15 bucks. If you're interested in buying a shirt, let me know, message me. Um, but that is going on on October 21st and, uh, right here in Louisiana. And so, uh, and you can go to, uh, Twin Pikes Family YMCA on the internet and find out all the details about that. Um, but, uh, you know, that's part, that's just one part of being better part of change. So anyway, after our snafu in the beginning of our production, we ask for your forgiveness, please, oh, you know, forgive us and all that other good stuff, but good, good show tonight. Good discussion. And, uh, well, hopefully we'll have Sean back next week and he can, you know, I always like it better when Sean's in the captain's chair and I can just sit back and be production guy, Joe. <laughs> so no, it went good. I, I'm a little disappointed though. We didn't even get to get into Rand Paul wearing a robe. Oh no, I know. I know. We will. We have to go. Okay. Next we week. Touch on that next week. Ordeal, we will talk about the sure. dress code in the Senate. And yes, and Rand Paul, this what was that? Was I think that was today? Was that on Twitter today? Yeah, yeah he was showing. He said, "I thought I said no photos." That was great. That was great. We'll get to that next week. Anyway, for Andy, uh, for Travis Kirkendall, Sean Phils, I'm Andy Van Beber. This is the Voice of Reason. Thank you for uh, supporting us this week, and we will see you all next time. Have a great week. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to the Voice of Reason podcast. Be sure to check out our other content on Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok.